Hello, and welcome to the Learn to Mediate online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I'm one of the leading experts in online mediation. I have personally been mediating online for over five years now, and I have my own fully online family law mediation and coaching practice. Two years ago, after so many of my colleagues reached out wanting to know how I was doing it, I created the Learn to Mediate Online training program, and to date, I have personally trained thousands of mediators in how to successfully conduct their mediations through an online platform. As a leading figure in the online mediation movement, I am privileged to be on the cutting edge of developments and advances in online practice, and this podcast has been created to share that information with you. So tune in each week to get the inside story on how to mediate online. I invite you to now listen to today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I am honored to be joined by not one, but two esteemed colleagues who are here today to talk about a wonderful initiative from the AAA ICDR Foundation. My first guest is Bruce Meyerson. Bruce is an arbitrator and mediator in Phoenix, Arizona. He's a former judge on the Arizona Court of Appeals and General Counsel of Arizona State University. He's also a past chair of the American Bar Association Dispute Resolution Section and an adjunct professor at ASU. He's also a member of the board at AAA ICDR Foundation. Our other guest is Tracy Frisch. Tracy is a senior counsel for AAA, and she's also an adjunct professor at Pace University. She was formerly a professor at Cardozo. Tracy's also a member of the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York's Pro Bono Mediation Panel, and she specializes in employment discrimination cases. So Bruce and Tracy, thank you both for joining me today to talk about this important initiative. Well, and thank you, Susan, for giving us this opportunity. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about this. This episode came about when I was speaking to another one of our colleagues, uh, Jeff Zeno, who is a vice president uh, in the commercial division at AAA, also out of New York. And Jeff, um, anyone out there who doesn't know Jeff, just go to LinkedIn. You'll find Jeff pretty much everywhere on LinkedIn. Um, but he he mentioned to me um, the one of the programs that the foundation uh, is sponsoring or has, has launched in this past year. Um, and it sounded like such a wonderful initiative. I asked the two of you to come on so we can highlight it um, so that more people hopefully will know about the initiative as well as hopefully apply. Um, but Tracy, uh, maybe you could start us off with a little bit of a background on AAA ICDR Foundation. First of all, I had to look up what ICDR was, so <laughs> I knew AAA. Yeah. So, um, yep. So AAA is the American Arbitration Association, and ICDR is our international division um, of dispute resolution of, of our uh, dispute resolution center. And the foundation was founded um, by the AAA. In 2015, I'll let Bruce go into a little bit of detail about sort of what the foundation's been doing in the last five years, but it's a really exciting initiative um, that really is there to give to organizations that you'll hear more about 
um, who are doing good works in the field of ADR and things other than what the AAA does on a day-to-day -day basis. Bruce, if you want to highlight some things that the foundation's been doing, that'd be wonderful. I can add to that. And, and of course, those of us who've been involved in conflict resolution remember the, the 70s and the 80s when there were foundations to support uh, innovative applications of dispute resolution. But as uh, our work became more uh, integrated into the justice system, those foundations moved on to other other uh, topics. Uh, and, and so today, there are really only a handful of organizations that are still concerned with developing new and, uh, and innovative uses of mediation and arbitration. And our AAA ICDR Foundation is, is one of those. And uh, as Tracy pointed out, we are five years old, and uh, we are really very fortunate to have the support of the American Arbitration Association. And so the truth is that I think that without that support, we could not have been as effective as, as we are. So we have uh, made over $2 million in grants uh, to uh, 68 different organizations uh, around the country and the world. And I think we're, we're making a, a difference uh, and in a number of key areas, promoting greater diversity uh, in the use of uh, dispute resolution mediation, uh, expanding uh, innovative uses such as uh, using um, mediation and uh, collaborative decision-making to address climate change, uh, to uh, help communities uh, improve relations with police. Uh, and, uh, and so we really are very, very pleased about the progress that we've made and the results that we've seen. Yeah, I was looking at the website and noticed that I think you, you gave out 16 distinct um, grants last year, all, I think the, the lowest one I saw was $20,000 and they went up from there. So these are not inconsequential amounts of money. They're really significant grants that were, that, um, are there to help these foundations put programs into place that are, as you said, Bruce, moving, um, things forward on so many different fronts. I also noticed there, um, was a, a focus right now on racial justice initiatives um, and um, access to justice initiatives. Are you seeing an uptick in um, programs or um, grant requests in those areas? Well, the events of the, of the last year that we're all, I think, painfully familiar with, and I'm, I'm not talking now about the attack on the Capitol. I'm, I'm talking about the uh, the examples where we've seen police abuse and uh, racial um, systemic racial uh, problems affecting low-income communities and black communities. And so because of that, uh, many communities are concerned about how to address that situation. And so uh, we received about 50 different uh, applications uh, for grants in that area for a program that we are doing this coming year, which is a significant uh, program directed at addressing that issue with uh, grants that will be up to $250,000. So we're really trying to make a, a, a real big um, uh, dent in that problem. Uh, and uh, we're at the very end stage now of looking at the finalists. And uh, we hope to make an announcement uh, in the coming months about these grants. 
Oh, well, when you do make those announcements, maybe I can entice you to come back on the show and we'll talk about that. Because those are two, it's two grants that you're going to be making in that roughly $250,000 well, range? The final decision will be up to the board, but that's a possibility of two, maybe three. I, I, I don't want to prejudge the board's, yeah. the board's decision. Um, one area is in the area of systemic uh, racial violence, uh, and the other area is in how we might think about using uh, mediation to address the situation that we've encountered with COVID and how the coronavirus has impacted uh, families and communities, and in particular, the area of housing. Yeah, well, that's been, I know, a, a, an extremely significant Factor. In fact, um, in the dispute resolution section of the ABA, that's been an initiative that I know um, the dispute resolution section has been trying to assist um, David Larson, our incoming chair at Mitchell Hamlin University, uh, is working on a program through Mitchell Hamlin that's trying to address that. So, uh, it, but it's you know it's wonderful to see AAA ICDR really making um, such a, a huge impact. I mean, th these are such significant grants that it's really going to enable uh, those programs that uh, succeed in, in receiving the grants to make a huge uh, difference, I hope, in, in the world. And it's, it's a, another, um, you know, wonderful uh, aspect of AAA ICDR that there's these large grant projects that you're working on, but you also have some smaller initiatives that are ongoing throughout the year. And Tracy, you brought um, to our attention the Diversity Scholarship Fund. That was what I originally had spoken to Jeff about and then to you. Can you explain what that scholarship fund is? Sure. So the AAA had made a donation to the foundation and, and earmarked it for this initiative, for Diversity um, Scholarship Fund Initiative. And so what the foundation has done with those funds is created this scholarship opportunity and it, uh, 2, 000, up to $2,000 of financial assistance towards participation in a degree program or a fellowship in alternative dispute resolution or attendance at a well-recognized conference. I'll go through some examples, but it's sort of a, a diverse range of programs that people are looking to go to to further their ADR credentials. Um, and you know, the mission is really just to get some more inclusion in the ADR field for, for folks who've been historically left out. Um, and we've um, received uh, I'd say over a dozen applications. We just started in June of 2020. So it's a new initiative, which I'm really glad to get the promotion about and get the word out there. Um, so as the, the end of the year, we uh, granted a total of seven scholarships and the application process couldn't be easier. It is two pages <laughs> um, online on our website, AAAICRfoundation.org. Um, go to the grants tab and you'll see a whole section on the diversity scholarship fund. So it's a two two page application. We really just want to know that you're legitimate. Um, you know, you meet, you're diverse. You're looking to um, go to one of these programs. You've been accepted if that's part of the program that you've been accepted the program, um, and you want financial aid. You know, you don't have to prove anything about the need. It's just that it's going towards this program. Um, so at the end of the year, we granted over twelve thousand uh, dollars for these diversity scholarships, and we have more to go. We're, we've been receiving applications. We review them on a rolling basis. We look at them quarterly, um, so you can apply anytime. It's unlike our other grant programs, which have a deadline and uh, and all that. This is just a rolling basis of applications. 
Um, some examples, we've had someone who applied for an LLM and dispute resolution at Pepperdine University, tuition costs to attend a Racial Equity Action Institute in California, um, training costs at the Practicing Law Institute focused on mediation of employment disputes. Um, surprisingly, we've had a lot of international applications too. Um, so it's been both in the U.S. and abroad, and some international um, have been online courses organized by the International Training Center um, of Turin with the International Labor Organization in Geneva on conciliation mediation of labor disputes, financial assistance with the Diploma in International Commercial Arbitration delivered by the International Chamber of Commerce um, in Mexico City. So it really has been a really interesting group of applicants and something we're hoping for this year is to really build out our website on the diversity scholarship so we can really see who it is who's getting these scholarships, the impact that this has made you know, on their pursuit of a career in ADR. So we're really excited about this initiative. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a wonderful um, initiative because I think it's like, you know, strikes me that it's focused in two ways. One, I think there's a shift lately, especially with COVID, with the court systems being either closed or inaccessible for people. So there's just a, a general shift in many ways in the legal community to dispute resolution, as well as this is really focusing on bringing diversity into the profession. Um, so to, you know, really helping people get the education and background or training in dispute resolution, but also getting it out to generally underserved populations and underrepresented in the profession. So that's one of the reasons why I got so excited when Jeff and, and you, Tracy, were telling me about this. Um, you know, Bruce, when you're talking about um, diversity and, and training, um, it strikes me that this could really apply in a variety of different ways um, because from anything from maybe even a 40-hour training program all the way up to, as Tracy mentioned, people taking international training programs or, you know, the LLM at, at Pepperdine, um, one of our premier dispute resolution programs in, in the country. Um, is it intended to really be sort of an open uh, prospect where people can, you know, think about different ways to apply this. It's not just generally for schooling or, or university education. Well, I think that's right. And I, and I think that, that one of the, I guess, stated and, and maybe to some extent unstated goals here is that hopefully through this scholarship program, people will think about developing careers in dispute resolution, using the training, using the opportunity to go to these conferences to build their resume and enhance their career so that when they go out, whether as uh, professionals in uh, disciplines other than law or in law or mediation, they will actually be making the field more diverse. So I, I think the, the larger long-term goal is to help people think about long-term careers and then therefore then build in a more diverse practice within our field of dispute resolution. Yeah, I think so. You know, Tracy, one of the things I was thinking of is this really can apply to, you know, younger members who might be in school right now thinking about career paths, but also so many of our colleagues out there, especially in the legal profession. But, you know, I'm, I'm talking to people in, in a variety of professions, mental health, 
um, financial professions, all of whom are considering a shift to dispute resolution or adding a dispute resolution to uh, aspect to their current practice. Um, in fact, I do, do um, mediation trainings with Woody Mostyn, and we are seeing um, a huge influx of people who are wanting mediation training, but also from a variety of different backgrounds. So one of the reasons I, I wanted to talk about this on the podcast is I want people to know who are hearing this. It may not be that traditional route to the, a pathway in dispute resolution. This is really an opportunity for people to um, get some help uh, funding a, a, a shift in their career or perhaps consider a path in their career they had not considered before. Right, absolutely. And I think one thing, you know, when I was looking myself, I was, oh, how do you get a career in ADR? There is no traditional path. Um, and true. so I think, you know, you have to be creative and that these types of opportunities that the scholarships are going to fund are the type of opportunities you need to take advantage of you know, in order to get to know who's who and, you know, how do you sort of get into this um, type of career. So I think it's sort of like the, one of the perfect kind of avenues to fund these things that you might otherwise say, you know, oh, I'm not going to spend $1,000 on this or, you know, $2,000 to attend this type of training or, or do this um, type of program. But, you know, this might be just the sort of push and the support that you need to, to do that. Yeah, well, actually, the, the amount of money is a significant amount in order to, even if you were someone, say, who wanted to get started with uh, a mediation career um, after having been in, a, in another career. Or I really find it interesting because both of you as professors, adjunct professors, you know, so many law students... Um, I've been even hearing in this past year, again, with the shift to an ADR focused, a lot of law students are considering careers in dispute resolution, where I would say more traditionally, they were, they were thinking of moving into the law and that dispute resolution would be something down the road in their career path. Um, you know, maybe more along your lines, Bruce, you, you were a practicing attorney, uh, then sat on the bench, obviously, of the Court of Appeals in Arizona. Um, but I, I'm seeing more and more students thinking about moving into dispute resolution, which I think is heartening. I like bringing um, that younger mindset and, and skill set into our profession. Well, you know, I think when, when the students take courses in mediation, take courses in uh, arbitration, and they start to see that there are other ways of resolving conflict, uh, they get excited about that. And they, they, they ask the question about how can I, how can I do this uh, without necessarily practicing law. And so uh, fortunately, there are a number of career uh, paths available. But I, I think part of our challenge is to try to create more and to create more opportunities uh, for young people who get excited about this area to be able to make a career in it. Yeah. And I tell my students all the time that being a professional in ADR doesn't mean that you're a full-time arbitrator, full-time mediator. You know, you can look at someone like me. I work in an institution. You know, there, there are opportunities, you know, through the courts, through private organizations, not-for-profits, you know, to be involved in ADR in other ways other than just as the you know, sort of traditional path and then a full-time neutral. Um, and so I encourage students all the time to look at you know, some of these other kinds of careers. You look at you know, some of these listlers, like I'm here in New York, and Maria Volpe, John Jay College, uh, has a great listserv, and, and they post um, positions all the time, you know, that you wouldn't think of as your traditional sort of path to ADR. But you know, if you have these sort of trainings and backgrounds, you'd be very well suited you know, to some of these opportunities. 
Yeah. I mean, it's really, um, you know, uh, there's many, many career paths for us. I just actually was speaking to um, the head of HR in the company my husband uh, runs, and she was saying she wants to take mediation training. Actually, mm-hmm. I should probably tell her about this mm-hmm. this <laughs> initiative because it might be a, quite appealing to her. But it's, um, it's really something where I, I am hopeful that when people hear about this, when the listeners are hearing this, be thinking about individuals that you know of who might find this opportunity. It's such a wonderful opportunity, so simple to apply for. Um, And, you know, one of the other things you mentioned, Tracy, that I wanted to um, highlight is really another impact of COVID has been that training has shifted online as well as our practice. And so there, that has actually been a benefit, I think, to our field, because now there's even more opportunity for us to get you know, basic training in dispute resolution and advanced trainings in dispute resolution. So this is something that I would imagine if somebody fits the, um, the profile for the diversity scholarship fund, even if they're currently a diverse neutral and wanted advanced training, this would be something that they could apply for. Yeah, absolutely. And now, like you said, you're not paying for travel costs for hotel, you know, you're just paying for the opportunity for the training. So I would think $2,000 would cover that. Yeah, I, and most trainings are. And actually, that reminds me, I wanted to ask um, Bruce, now, just because this is the Learn to Mediate online um, podcast, have, has your practice shifted online during COVID? Yeah, entirely. Uh, I think maybe there was one mediation where people wanted to do it in person. I reluctantly agreed. This was about two months ago. Uh, the parties in that case were Sudanese, and they felt that we, if we did it on, on Zoom, we would have a communication issue. But uh, really, the entirety of my practice is now on, on Zoom. And I think that, that as more people are using the technology, they are getting more comfortable mm-hmm. with it. And I think to the extent that our cases involve people from different locations, um, the the choice of uh, of doing this on Zoom versus traveling is really not an issue. Uh, they really don't want to travel, and I and, and for for uh, for health reasons. But I, I guess I, I would predict that uh, this is going to continue even after we uh, overcome the coronavirus. That uh, uh, you know, if you think about it, so often in a mediation, they'll say, "Well, the assurance adjuster will be available by phone." Okay. Well, now they, they, that's really not necessarily a good answer when they can be available on Zoom just as easily. So I, I think this is really going to be a, a real sea change in how we all do our work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a pro bono mediator for the New York County Lawyers Association's Part 137 for attorney fee disputes, and they've announced that they're going to continue even after you know, we can go back to in-person. They're going to continue their program to be all online, to be all virtual. I mean, I I think it's really going to be something that just changes the overall landscape of what we do. In fact, I'm I'm working on an online training program with um, our colleague Harold Coleman, um, Mm -hmm. Dr. Deborah Dupree, um, and Mark Lassiter, also a AAA um, arbitrator and mediator. And we did a survey um, of mediators and arbitrators around the world. And one of the questions we asked was once COVID is over and the opportunity to 
do proceedings in person is back, will you continue to offer services online? And 100% of the respondents said that they would either go back to in-person but also offer online, but the majority said they were just going to stay online, that they didn't want to go back to in-person. And I think it's what Bruce is talking about with the... um, the, the convenience and the not having to travel and the expenses. But I digress, but I, I did want to know, I was wondering what, what your uh, experiences of online mediation are, um, because for me, having been doing it for five years, there's, there's a, um, there's, I'm happy and I'm, I'm ha- that my colleagues are all finding out about the benefits and the conveniences of going online beyond social distancing. But mm-hmm. I do want to just touch again on what you said, Tracy, about the uh, making an application because it, it strikes me there might be a timing issue for people mm-hmm. if they want to take a program or sign up for a program. You mentioned that this is something that's reviewed quarterly. Mm-hmm. Um, so when would the next review be if people wanted to put in an application now? Um, yeah, so we do have a place on the application that says, if you need a response by a certain date, let us know. Um, otherwise, it would be in March that we would look at the next round of applications. So I'd say like every three months, you know, we look every quarter, we look at the um, applications. Um, but otherwise, we do have a place that says, if you need a response, uh, do do let us know. So we, to make we a look program. at them. It's not like we let them sit and then just look at them. We do look at them on a rolling basis to make sure no one needs an immediate response. And they're quite easy to review. You know, this is not an in-depth, you know, it's sort of, okay, do they meet the criteria? Do they show us that they're legitimate? We do prefer to pay an institution where we can. Um, so you know, if you're going to an LLM program at Pepperdine, you know, we prefer to pay for the credits directly to Pepperdine, you know, we, we just want to make sure that obviously the money is going to the program, you know, that you say it's, you're going to attend. But um, if that's not possible, then we do, you know, we would pay an individual who made sure that, you know, this was a legitimate application and the program, you know, was happening. That's, that's really our main concern. And then otherwise, you know, we, we want to give this money away. <laughs> that's what it's here for. <laughs> well, well, and that's what, what really sparked this episode is, you know, you have this money, you're there to give it away. And unfortunately, it just seems people don't know enough about it. So I'm hopeful that this is going to help. I, I thank you both for taking the time today and for what you do with the initiatives of AAA ICDR, because um, the foundation is truly doing amazing work. I, I encourage everyone to go to the website, look at some of the grants that have gone out in uh, the past five years, as Bruce mentioned, that uh, the foundation has been ex- in existence. There's the, the, it's re- this is truly good work, and um, it, it gives me a you know a great deal. It gave me a great deal of pleasure looking at that and just seeing um, the initiatives that are being supported um, as we go forward. So thank you both for taking the time today. I'm going to put all of the links um, linked to the foundation's website, but also directly to the application for the. University Scholarship Fund, um, as well as both of your full bios and contact information. Um, and I, again, very much appreciate you both taking the time yeah, today. Can I just add one more thing? Of course. And I think uh, in addition to thanks to the American Arbitration Association for the generous support here, I, I do think it's important that we recognize uh, the many AAA neutrals who themselves have made contributions here. And one of the things that the AAA has done, it, it, it has allowed people to allocate half of their panel fee to the work of the foundation 
hundreds, maybe even thousands of the AAA neutrals have actually done that. And, and I think what we saw is when we started the foundation that, that the neutrals, these, the individual mediators and arbitrators asked the question, how can I contribute? What can I do to support the work? And they really stepped up and, and, uh, in, a, in a significant financial way to do that. And I, I did want to uh, make sure we acknowledged uh, those many people who are helping. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I did not did not realize, realize that is such a significant contribution, and I, you know, again, warms my heart to know that our colleagues um, are are that behind helping to really. Uh, it, it really advances our entire profession, uh, and AAA really stands for the top of the top in the profession. Um, so, thank you so much for mentioning that, Bruce. And thank you both again for coming today. I hope that you see a huge influx in applications for the Diversity Scholarship Fund as a result. Please pass this episode on everybody and make sure that uh, you let everyone that you know, know about this, uh, this opportunity. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, and if you liked this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell me what you did like in a review. Join me each Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. to hear another episode, and be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss one. Send me your questions and comments at susan at learntomediateonline.com, and you can find out more about my trainings and programs at learntomediateonline.com. I'll see you next week.